Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Metamorphosis with Toby. It is our first interview episode and I am super, super excited. Today is World Mental Health Day celebration and the theme focuses on increased investment in mental health. And so for today's episode, our topic will be improving our mental health. And um, today, we are honored to have our very first guest on this platform, all the way from Nigeria and an expert in the field. He is Dr. Ayeyemi Obabire. Thank you very much, Doctor, for honoring our request. Um, you're welcome. I also want to say thank you for um, giving me the chance to come and talk about that. It's something I'm really, really passionate about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. So, um, very quickly, I would like to acquaint us with who our guest is today. Obabire Ayemi is a medical doctor of over five years experience. He wants to see in Nigeria where mental illness will be taken for what it is, medical conditions that have serious impact on social and on society and requires cooperative and coordinated efforts in order to prevent and adequately manage them. He is working to working hard towards that goal and he volunteers with the Mentally Aware Nigeria Initiative, where he is the team lead for Quara State Nigeria. He is not busy with mental health management and advocacy. He enjoys poetry, philosophy, and football. Wow, what such combinations. Well, once again, thank you for, for being on this platform today, sir. And um, very quickly, we'd like you to give us a brief overview or reason behind your choice of mental health management. All right. Um, you know, uh, when you ask this question, doctor, so tell me about what encounter that happened in felt like the group can do the same for us. Um, in my own case, it was more, it was more, it wasn't, it wasn't born out of personal experience. It was born out of, um, uh, because, because I developed interest when I got into medical school and I started my clinical research on I got the opportunity to see all the different fields of medicine. And one thing that struck me was that mental health was uh, grossly underserved in the country. Um, when you talk about number of specialists in medical field, mental health is almost always at the bottom all the time. It's interesting to note that currently in Nigeria, we have less, less than 50 mental health, uh, less 50 psychiatrists, less than 50 psychiatrists having the whole of Nigeria. That's about one to four million, or uh, one psychiatrist to, to four million population of Nigeria. So I felt like I, this is something I can do to at least help, um, you know, help uh, have that and that part of my all right, thank you. Thank you so much for that, sir. And um, taking on from, from what you spoke about being, it being understaffed, and I um, basically, for this session, I asked um, a few people a question 
about what they understood by mental health or what talks of uh, basically their preconceived notions about what mental health is. And about 90% of people who, who responded actually said that what they, what, what they knew about mental health only had to do with probably someone being insane or probably anything that had to do with psychiatry. And others just said that they barely even thought about it, barely spoke about anything mental health or even had times where they thought about it. So I would agree that there's some, some sort of understaffed um, and under, understaffed underpinnings that kind of affected that is affecting or showing up in in the way people react to it and their understanding of it. Thank you so much. And um, we all know and we would agree that this the world is in a global pandemic, rather the world is experiencing a global pandemic. And um, with this, with this um, kind of low knowledge about what mental health is, especially in Nigeria, what would you say really is mental health really is your own learned explanation of what mental health is? Um, thank you. Um, well, I am in the field anyway, but I wouldn't consider myself learning learning field yet. Okay. Anyway, that's just uh, my comment. Um, according to the WHO, mental health of general well-being which that individual is able to adequately realize his own potential, is able to cope with the normal stresses of life, is able to work productively, and also able to contribute positively to his community. And that captures the essence of mental health because um, it's, uh, you know, if you check the WHO definition of health, health is a total state of physical, uh, emotional, and social well-being of an individual, and not merely the absence of infirmity. The same applies to men. Uh, to simply that um, uh, the individual needs to be to be able to function optimally in all these areas that I mentioned. Not just the fact that the individual does not have mental illness, the individual needs to function well. So. It means uh, for someone to be mentally healthy, it's not just the absence of mental illness. The person should be able to realize his own potential, estimate it uh, realistically, should be able to work productively, should be able to cope with stress of life because you know life is stressful, and then that same person should be able to contribute to this community, and that's what it means to have mental health. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for giving us. Um, that explanation of what mental health really is. So going on, would like to ask you, uh, what signs or symptoms do I need to look out for to say that I am mentally well or I am mentally unstable? What are the symptoms or signs? Mentally ill people still uh, demonstrate aggression, while in some cases. 
normal human cells that can happen in certain circumstances. However, there are two signs that can, uh, you know, that can uh, lead a person to suspect that something is wrong. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the most important ones is sleep. Once a person is experiencing difficulty with sleep, either if unable to sleep on time, uh, the sleep is not restful enough, or either uh, or the person wakes up earlier than usual and is unable to complete the sleep with normal time. That then could be a sign of mental illness or even just a stress uh, situation. Um, another sign also is when the person suddenly becomes withdrawn. You know, someone who has been lively before, someone who engages well with other people, and suddenly you see them avoiding all those things that they need to do, then that is fine, something, something is not right. And of course, we all recognize when someone starts behaving in an odd manner, you know, wears smashed clothes and all that, those ones are able to start. It's, uh, that's easier to recognize. And then um, sometimes, for some, uh, uh, those are signs that others can then the time if someone can notice the yourself would uh, maybe be when you realize that you know you find yourself uh, feeling cocky, irritable all the time, more than usual. Then that should lead you to suspect and test yourself really, really something. Okay, thank you, thank you so much for for that explanation. Um, yes, um, one one of the one of the one of people one of the people we spoke we spoke to about before the session said something about depression and that i kind of agree that the probably for some nigerians if not most we we tend to think that to an extent depression does not really um, is is not is not real you have anything to about that especially now that we have to isolate we have to social distance ourselves and all of that well um in medicine we, we, we always tell us uh, you know never to we rarely use an emphatic statement like this will always happen this will absolutely happen we really do that but in this case i can say with all emphasis that depression is real Depression is a real illness, and uh, you know because the English language has found a way to you know, uh, come from some confusion. The same way, the same term people use for when they feel sad, they say I felt depressed, I was depressed. Yeah. And then you know sometimes people translate that to the illness depression. There is an illness called physical depression. There are signs, verifiable signs that we use to identify people who have it. And then treatment for it. While of course uh, people feel sad once in a while, and that is different from the clinical condition called. Okay, thank you. So, what what other effects do you think the the pandemic has on our mental health apart from depression? Uh, well, the pandemic has disrupted a lot of things. The pandemic has. Maybe also forced us to you know, look, uh, look at life in a different way. Um, speaking from my own personal experience, I never thought I could go months without shaking hands with people and hugging people. And here I am, about seven months later, I'm still, I'm still going strong. Um, apart from that, in many ways, 
uh, the pandemic has uh, you know affected people uh, people's mental health. Uh, number one, if you talk about the socioeconomic situation, and we, uh, it's well established that when people are facing stressful situations, stressful situations like like loss of jobs or even the stress of a loss to their loss of livelihood, you know, um, being separated from their loved ones, all those stressful situations can act as a precipitant for mental illness. Um, if you also look at the fact that um, the you know um, this has also impacted healthcare delivery also. It has reduced access to health care, especially here in Nigeria also. And then of course, you know, that access to healthcare will include those who experience symptoms of mental illness and need to see psychiatry. So that's one other way that affected people. And then when you also look at the the, the, the media, the what goes on what goes on in the media, you know, um, they start reminding us of every day, four million people died. And then tomorrow they say one million and twenty people have died, and you know that also heightens anxiety. And um, for those who have some anxiety disorders, there's that possibility they develop these anxiety disorders. And then of course people who are not people don't even have anxiety disorders, the anxiety level tends to increase, which is not good. And um, if you look again at um, you know um, when people have COVID, you know the message that people should isolate those who have been COVID. Um, so. Thank you once again. So um, how then do we become greatly invested in taking our mental health issues seriously? By this, I mean, what can we do to take, to, to take care of ourselves now that we're experiencing all of this? There's a magazine we use, they say there's no health without mental health. Uh, but the inverse is also true. There's no mental health without physical health. So whenever whenever someone asks me this question, the first thing I tell them is first you must take care of your physical health. You know, because what we call mental health is something that resides in the brain. And the brain is also a physical entity. So you must take care of your physical health. Um, taking care of your physical health means um, you know you have to adopt healthy habits, um, eat good food, a balanced diet, plenty of um, uh, protein, plenty of vitamins, plenty of minerals, and all that. Um, in addition to that, also a healthy lifestyle, you know, which includes um, exercise, physical exercise, which has been shown to be good for the body and also good for the brain. And then, in addition to sleep. Very important, very good tip. Um, you know, for people, people need to at least find ways to ensure they have a regular sleep um, schedule. Taking um, at least seven hours sleep every day, very, very, very important. And um, in addition to that, also, we also need to um, check ourselves regularly. You know, visit your doctor regularly. If it is an annual checkup, so. I'm not just talking about people you know. You know, I'm talking about 
on also there is um, you know um, a very good way to also maintain mental health is to um, is to uh, be productive, give yourself something productive to do. I know it is tough in um, in Nigeria today to be productive. However, there are other ways you can do. It. You know, if it if it's not going to be paid employment, it could be a volunteer job. It could be something you do that is just you know to help others. You know, it's also good. It boosts the human psyche when you know you are useful, when you know you are valuable, when you know there's something you have to give that others uh, find valuable. So that is also very good for everybody in the And of course, the returns you get from being productive, you know, going to earn and all that is also good. So you can teach yourself, you know, give yourself things you really like you want to have. Um, also, in addition, it's also good to keep improving yourself. Keep, um, Keep improving yourself, and, you know, be um, engaged in hobbies, pursue interests, and all that. Those are things that help to promote um, mental wellness. Um, in addition, also, um, some habits, some habits can also affect uh, people's mental wellness. For example, the very obvious one is uh, drug abuse. So avoid taking psychoactive substances. Alcohol, tobacco, even caffeine, cannabis, opium, heroin, all that. Avoid using them, they do not help. And then, uh, very importantly, also, be on the lookout, you know, uh, understand. Thank you. Um, well, actually, moving towards the end of um, the interview session, but I have about two or three more questions. Um, very quickly, we all know that um, the the discourse of mental health is is its own controversially what is 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 one that is somewhat stigmatizing, or should I say, it is one that people who experience it, so even people who do not have issues or mental illnesses, kind of stigmatize people who do or anything that has to do with mental health issues what's your take on the stigmatization surrounding mental health um well unfortunately the stigma is there unfortunately the stigma is uh, you know is there indeed even sometimes people who stigmatize you know about mental health and um, they try to they do not they do not hold it over and you only buy from their actions, you know. Um, even among health professionals, we the psychiatrists, we get stigmatized among doctors sometimes. You, know. you see them, they, you tell them, oh, I'm managing this patient with you, and the next thing they tell you, oh, no, my patient can be your patient, and you stuff like that. We experience stigma a lot. But one, one thing about stigma also is that um, a lot of the um, when uh, stigma is a result of um, stigmatizing that people, who, you know, when you when you believe something about a particular group of people, that will you know inform your attitude towards them. For example, one of the sources of stigma is the belief, the erroneous belief that mentally ill people are always aggressive, which is not the case. You know, uh, statistics have shown that the mentally ill people are more likely to be the victim of violence. And to be the perpetrator of violence, you understand. 
this is not to say that mentally ill people are never aggressive. Sometimes they are. But um, the important thing to note is that not all of them are. You know, when compared uh, to the regular population, people who are not mentally ill people can be aggressive. And um, so that's one of the uh, uh, well, that's one of the uh, topics of this stigma. So it's very important when people want to deal with stigma. Uh, very important to need to educate people and not just educate them on this. We need to educate them and show them uh, and show them examples. You know, show them evidence that would really convince them. You know, mental illness, mental uh, mental health covered a lot of disorders. Um, apart from the psychotic ones, where sometimes we can be aggressive. You know, I covered eating uh, disorders, eating disorders. You know, people who 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 uh, who Recently, I um, I I I I made some research, and I and I found out that even sometimes when we when, when people people tend to stigmatize without even knowing, sometimes the the ways in which we stigmatize others, they are in some hidden ways. But then I think that educating ourselves, educating everyone about the stigma, the, the stigma, the role stigma plays, and how it how it affects the stigmatized is is key and um so um wh why do you think that there is a need for an increased investment in mental health that is if there is if there is a need why do you think there is especially especially with the theme of this year suggesting that there should be increased investment in mental health so if um, the answer is self
and there are so many dimensions. When you talk about um, other aspects of health generally, for example, if someone has a surgical condition, all they need to do is you know, maybe go to surgery, get support from their family and friends to you know, spend time with them through that difficult period, maybe get some time off work, and um, you know, after recovery, they can go back and continue working. And you know, technically, that's good. But for mental health, a lot of men, many mental disorders have the tendency to be recurrent. A lot of them have the tendency to be recurrent. Some of them tend to impact the functioning of an individual such that even when the symptoms are gone, the person's functioning, level of functioning has declined to the point where they need help to be able to function normally. And this kind of help is not something pills or drugs can do. You know, they need um, all forms of therapy. And that's why mental health currently is a multi. I take a multidisciplinary team where you have a psychiatrist, the one who you know treat, make diagnosis and all that. You have, of course, the nurse is very important. And in addition, you have clinical psychologists who will deal with the psychological aspect of the treatment. You have occupational therapy. These occupational therapy will need to help rehabilitate these individuals back to work because some of them they've lost skills they need. Be able to work with the previous uh, occupation they had. Some of them need to retrain into another occupation. Some of them need to retain those skills they lost. You understand? And then, of course, we have um, other forms of therapy which are, which are very, very specialized um, uh, professions. And of course, these professions do not come cheap. You understand? They are very intensive. They spend hours with patients. It has to be personalized. It's not something you can do for 10 people at the same time. You know, it has to be one-on-one because of the time. And this is very expensive to provide. It's usually ongoing for a very, very long time. They, they require plenty of man hours to even be able to uh, bring them back to regular function. And also, the training also is very, um, how do I say, it's very demanding in terms of um, the requirements. For the requirements for the professional to complete the training, of course, the funding required. And also, um, research is also one area where investment is very, very much um, based on the fact that um, you know, when you want to, when, when, when you want to, the clinical research is a very special research field where extra caution is taken for research, you know, is a research field where it doesn't matter how much money you've invested. Into getting the discussion. Once there's any sign that there is harm being done to the participant, it's to you understand. So a lot of limitations, and it's also very expensive to carry out clinical research. More so mental health research, you know, where you need to take care of so many variables, not just with the individual, with their families, with their societies, and so on. And then, um, so um, the bottom line of this is that um, if people have to pay out of pocket for mental health care, only few people can really afford to provide themselves with the quality of mental health care. Only few people can afford them. And of course, more so the people who need mental health care are likely not to be working or employed, fully employed enough to be able to afford it. So this is the reason why um, mental health is something that is essential and um, also benefits, you understand, you know. Um, currently, uh, statistics show that mental health care is a uh, mental illness is the 
Someone sent in a question asking, is there a, a link between physical health and mental health? And the person gave an instance that if someone who, who, who basically does not have any symptom for anything or probably just went to the hospital for something, for probably a checkup and ends up knowing that probably he or she has arthritis or something that is more than what the person actually expected to get at the hospital, would that, would, would that affect mental health, even knowing that probably it's probably something that is just physical or how, how would you put that? Would you, would you say that there's a link between your physical health and your mental health? Um, well, there is definitely a link. The link is, um, is um, not uh, just linear, it's complex. There are several ways in which physical health can impact on mental health and vice versa. For example, um, one example I can give is, for example, um, someone who receives the news that he or she is HIV positive. You understand that that is very significant. That is something that can weigh on anybody psychologically. And for some people, that is a figure that would precipitate an episode of mental illness. At the same time, this HIV affects so many cells in the body, including the brain cells. And uh, so this direct infection of the brain cells by the HIV virus can also cause time and uh, can also lead to some forms of mental illness directly. The illness itself is causing the mental illness directly. And then of course when you look at what the impact of the illness will be on the person, you know, when you look at um, possible stigma they may face, the fact that they may yeah. need to they may now need to keep coming to the hospital regularly because of things that the fact that um, you know the maybe the fear that their lifespan is going to cause the cultures, maybe some of them may think ah, I have a I will die with HIV and stuff like that can also impact negatively on people's mental health. So there are so many ways physical illness physical illness can impact mental health. You might said earlier, they say there's no physical, there's no health without mental health. And I said it applies the other way around too. There can't be mental health without adequate physical health. So it's important for someone with physical health to be mentally healthy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for for that for that answer. Yeah, um 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Ayemi Obabire, for for obliging, for giving us the opportunity and for being our very first guest on this platform. We are really, really grateful and excited. <laughs> we are really grateful and excited. And so before before we end today, um, I would like to ask you, are there any final words, any final statements you want to leave us with, even as we celebrate the Mental Health Day? Hey, well, today, uh, one important thing I want to say is, uh, number one, anybody can fall ill the same way anybody can have malaria and experience with COVID-19. The same way anybody can have malaria, the same way anybody can have malaria. And it doesn't care if, um, if one is six or four, doesn't care about age, doesn't care about gender, anybody can have uh, can have a it's important for everybody to take care of themselves. And also, um, those who are mentally ill, they need to, um, the most important thing they need to promote is support. Sometimes that support doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be financial. Sometimes just the understanding, you know, uh, treating them with sensitivity and respect can be enough for them. So that's also very important. And also, if there's anybody who has uh, who is in power, or who, who is in power with any government anywhere, you need to also understand that um, mental illness is not something that can adequately be cared for by private entities. You know, the government has a huge role to play to ensure mental health of its uh, citizens. You know, the policies they make, how it affects people, people socioeconomically, these are very important. You know, um, going to war, these are things that can and providing access to education, providing uh, improving the economic situation. These are things government can do to improve the mental health of their citizens. Not now talk of um, you know providing healthcare facilities, uh, you know supporting training of professionals, providing access to the required um, equipment and uh, drugs and all that. So these are things that I think are very best to ensuring the adequate mental health. Thank you so much. Thank you for for your time. Thank you, sir, for for sharing with us from your wealth of knowledge. We we are sure we really learned a lot of things today. And um, to everybody listening, thank you for listening to today's episode of Metamorphosis with Toby. And like we always do. We leave ourselves with a with a quote, and so um, for today we will leave ourselves with a quote from Eric Erickson, and it says, "Life doesn't make any sense without interdependence. We need each other, and the sooner we learn that, the better for us all." Again, life doesn't make any sense without interdependence. We need each other, and the sooner we learn that, the better for us all. Thank you. <laughs>